Okay, so three things don't ask me about. I don't want to take questions. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to take questions. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> it's a very strong start to this podcast, isn't it? I am not taking questions on what day it is, what date it is, or what time it is. I'm just not taking okay. questions on those three things. Right, yeah. Is that fair enough? Uh, which which country are you in? Uh, I'm in Australia. <laughs> Can I say I was let in? They, with, with everything that's gone on, despite the fact I'd gone through my paperwork and I've got all my, I've got three vaccination papers to show them. Still a little bit nervous. A couple of friends had gone through and they'd been stopped and said, do you have any seeds in your bag? I thought, oh, but that put me off packing my usual sort of truckload of cereal bars. I thought, oh, we don't want to get turned away with cereal bars. And there was lots of announcements going through the airport. But no, I got way through. They didn't look at anything. And off I went and I spent the journey. I watched season three of succession and i watched season five okay. of billions so there's a lot of testosterone rolling around in all wow, those yeah, okay. yeah lots success of, you just smell the success just lots of big deals and all this kind of stuff but it it was actually i think it's the first time in forever i've just sort of sat back and kind of watched a a box set or a series or a season. Plane was plane was quite busy. Really nice listening to people who were maybe returning home for the first time in a couple of years. So that was quite sweet. Yeah. Lots of Australians oh, saying, I've, I've been away for so long. Or people, there was a lovely Scottish couple next to me. It's amazing, isn't it? When when you see anyone Scottish, you just want to speak to them about Andy Murray. <laughs> it's just this. It's like there are other things. They want to talk about him <laughs> as well. I've never met a Scot who doesn't want to talk about Andy are, Murray. There are other things in Scotland. It almost feels like the first question is not... Who are you visiting? Andy Murray. <laughs> but there's a lovely yeah. couple who are going to visit relatives who they haven't seen in a long time. I then did ask about Andy Murray afterwards. <laughs> I did it in the right order. So, um, yeah, I, I went direct to Darwin and then across or down or up or wherever I went. Uh, but I'm here. I'm in Melbourne. I landed. It's one of those. I landed. And the last time this happened was Indian Wells when I switched on my phone as I landed in America and Maria Sharapova was having her, remember her press conference in that hotel with a really dodgy carpet. And she was standing there saying, yeah. I did this thing, the drugs. And so it was similar, no hotel or dodgy carpet. But I switched on my phone and I was having friends from back home saying, so he's out again. I think your message was, what was your message? I just, your message was, what a mess or, or, or something. I know, I, I think it was something like you've arrived to chaos or yeah. like something like that. I was like, what's happening? <laughs> and then it, all these messages and then all, uh, I was like, so I quickly, I was on social media to find out what was going on. Uh, it's, and all these days of waiting and it happened when you were on the plane. Well, <laughs> yeah, well it's happened, but it still hasn't happened because we, we're still waiting for the, I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It, it is, it, and I just, the first thing I'll say, I said it, last week it was last week there's just there's no winners this just ends badly for everybody the longer it, I was a little bit more sympathy for Djokovic everything he went through now I'm kind of like just maybe just go if, if you hadn't come in the first place or if you've been vaccinated and then the government saying well, I, oh just oh well you were saying before all of this not long ago you were saying why is Djokovic dragging it out and and I was thinking oh you're being a bit harsh well this is dragged out to the max maybe you knew what was coming because okay it isn't all his responsibility that we're still in this situation but it's you know largely his responsibility because he wanted to come in unvaccinated on an exemption which he didn't need to do so yeah so now I'm fully on board why is this being dragged out so long how is it still not resolved the tournament's on Monday 
But do you remember when the, the, the draw took place and it was delayed for an hour? So the draw was delayed for an hour and everyone was like, right, it's because there's going to be news. And there was, I think Scott Morrison did hold a press conference and I was like, right, did not mention Djokovic <laughs> in it. And everyone's like, oh, okay, so he's in the draw and then he's in the draw and everyone figuring out what happens if he's not in the draw and he's still practicing. And wasn't there a drone that went in to try and get him practicing and then it was closed yeah. practicing so and open closed practicing. Doors, yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm so over it. It's absolutely ridiculous and <laughs> I just I, there is nothing for me there's nothing to be gained for Djokovic I, it, as we it is I do know it's Friday um, and the appeal I believe is due to be heard tomorrow morning and then would he be put back in the immigration hotel I think for Saturday night decision Sunday is that the rough timetable oh, yeah something okay. like that I mean they're getting a, a bit of a, a reprieve in the fact that uh, it seems like the the judge is, is working with the timetable of the Australian Open on starting on Monday, and he's scheduled to be on Monday because it's top halves on Monday. That is Novak Djokovic. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it is, uh, yeah. Oh my god! Again, just, if just, if it gets overturned and he gets put in the tournament, I mean, he would have not been able to practice this weekend. Um, I mean, talk about horrendous preparation. Um, is it going to be over time? I mean, I can't see it. You sort of feel like they wouldn't cancel it if it if they had a leg to stand on. Why would they put themselves through that? I mean, I get the first time he appealed because he was he wasn't treated that great. He was treated pretty shoddily those eight hours at the airport, and there was lots of. I think it could have been handled better. So I understand him wanting to appeal to say, well, actually. I came in on the good faith, I had the right documents. But since then, so much has come out that maybe he popped over to Spain and back and the box wasn't ticked. Have you been anywhere else in the last 14 days? And then he was, um, COVID positive was at the 16th. Then he was out and about. Then he did an interview with a L'Equipe journalist, kept his mask on, then took his mask off. All these things that have since come out, I think surely you just say, you know what? Enough is enough. He hasn't even faced the press yet. Can you imagine if this appeal, he wins this next appeal, and then he's got the press conferences to go through. I mean, just I, with everything that's come out since, enough is enough. Just go, go home. You're going to have to figure something out for the rest of the year. There'll have to be a statement of some kind, but just, I just think enough is enough now. Yeah, but I think he's, you know, that he's competitive. He wants to win. He wants to prove but himself right. What, he wants to use his principles. But what's it? But no, but, but 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 I get the first appeal. What what grounds is this appeal on? Wait, well, I, I I don't under I don't understand what grounds now is this appeal on because he's admitted that he was wandering around when he shouldn't have been, and and he went to a different country when he shouldn't have been, and all this kind of mess. So it's just so messy now. It's just it, oh, I don't know. I just. I get the first appeal. Maybe you just naturally appeal. That I've never been in a situation when I've had to appeal something, but maybe your natural instinct is to, I'm going to appeal, and that's what you do. Yeah, sure. If there's an opportunity to do it, then you know why not give it a go and see? Um, yeah, I mean, Renata Vorakova is talking about taking action because she wants compensation for her experiences and the fact that she hasn't been given the right to compete. One imagines that if Djokovic is sent home and is unable to play, it will not be the end of it. I think something will happen, whether, 
He refuses to ever play in Australia again uh, because he's upset at how it's handled, whether he tries to get compensation or whatever route he would go down. You sort of imagine he would explore something like that. But then does that become sort of bitter? And is that internal fighting within the sport if he's sort of, you know, laying the blame with Tennis Australia? I mean, he can't really do anything against the government one imagines that i don't think that he can really sue the government for deporting him they can do what they want he's not one of their citizens and <laughs> they've kicked him out of the country they can do that at any time really i guess so yeah i mean it's just it's not going to be the end of it either way i think this is going to just go and go and go but I mean, we'll have the tournament, and I do think that during the tournament we'll be able to focus on it if Djokovic isn't in the event. But if Djokovic is in yeah. the event, and he is currently in uh. the draw due to play on Monday, then it will just continue as long as he's as long as he's in. Well, the other thing, if it will continue, because with the health minister invoking the rule to use his power to revoke the visa, this means he should be out for another three years now. This isn't just a year off home yeah. now. You know this. It's an it, automatic I, thing. I imagine that would probably get overturned. But no, you can only you can only you can only appeal that one if you believe that you coming to Australia will benefit Australia somehow. So it's in the in the interest of Australia that you are allowed in. They're the only grounds that he could appeal the three year ban on. But I think Which, he could argue that. I think that would be an easy <sighs> argument for 2023. Say the pandemic is done, vaccinations aren't required anymore. Whatever. I think that. I think that he could definitely argue that he's he's won the tournament nine times. He is a huge, uh, you know, world number one. He'll probably still be world number one by that point. I'm just making massive assumption there, but I don't think that is <laughs> too far fetched. So, yeah, I mean, uh, one, I, I imagine that he'd be able to fight that. I'm not too stressed about that. More concerned for Vorikova that she's been banned for three years. That would be that would be rubbish if that's the case. It's, um, I think it's. It's just, oh, well, look, it, it, it's just a mess all in the whole situation. And I think it's I think it's difficult on the players as well because they're obviously going to be asked about it. But what can they really say? I think the latest thing was Murray saying, look, I don't want to sort of trample on the, the guy while he's down. But they all come back to the same thing. You probably should have just got vaccinated. You know, they've all kind of said it. You know, Nadal's come out and said, well, I, yeah, I did it. Yeah, a pass. Yeah, they've kind of come out and said, well, we did it almost to look after others as much as ourselves, and if he'd done well, that Sitsipas was saying i believe that by him by Djokovic getting a, a, an exemption he was saying it sort of makes everyone else look like fools because we all had to get the vaccination to oh, yes. to come and play Saw that. so yeah. he was you know he, he was pretty fair about it he wasn't sort of having a go at Djokovic but he was a bit like well okay you, you know we've all we were all told we had to have it to come and play um so yeah i think in in general players i think it's probably a similar feeling to us right in that everyone can see it for what it is in in the situation and the part that djokovic has played and the situation that he's ultimately put himself in and i think everybody holds him responsible for that but i think everyone can agree that this has not been handled by anyone oh, remotely no well at no. all no winners. No, no one comes out of this looking good. Uh, there's you can criticise every single party that's been involved in this yeah. in this absolute mess. There's no one that comes out thinking, "Well, you did well." No, you're well. All to blame. Well, Djokovic could still win twenty one. That could be oh, in two weeks' time. What, what, that I, could I, be the situation. But then, do we put? I've got to say, I've got to think about this because no one ever got jet lag. But I don't say it right when I haven't got jet lag. The Asterisk, asterisk, 
Asterisk. Asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The asterisk. Okay. I've, yeah. I've, I've got jet lag. Um, I haven't slept. Um, but surely it'll have one of those next to it. Big one of those no. next to it. Big one no, of those will, next to it. It'll have one of those next to it as in, like, it's even more impressive. I'm sorry, but if Djokovic played the Australian Open and won it, it would be even more <laughs> impressive than a regular year to come through this shambolic situation that yeah. he put himself in. He didn't have to, but he has done it. Regardless of whether it was his fault or not, it is, it's been a horrendous ordeal for him to be to be faced with unexpectedly and uh if he were to then come and 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 play and win uh, i mean an extra notch on the greatness belt as far as i'm concerned oh please tell me that this scenario this scenario i think my speech is going to get worse the 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 longer we go on the podcast (laughs) but this please tell me that this scenario will not give him a leg up in your mind for the greatest of all time debate because this does not add to his greatness he wins the tournament no 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 if he wins the tournament no no it it, no (laughs) oh no it shows (laughs) oh she's pointing at me he's never been so upset it shows he's kind of subhuman the fact that he can block everything out but it it does not add to his greatness because it's a mess. It's an absolute shambles. I t- yeah, it- yeah, the situation doesn't add to his greatness. But if he were to win, oh, well, because A, he wins 21. So he becomes the greatest when it comes to Grand Slams. Yes, he would be the, On the, the male side. Yeah, be the male leader. So he would be. Uh, no, uh, uh, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to have to give him that. If he were to win a slam after this, pff, that's just outrageous. Outrageous. I'd be looking at the rest of the field being like, What's going on? But I mean, okay, come on! This is a, I've had friends who've been asking me about Djokovic's brothers because they've all been holding press conferences. So they've been reading articles in the paper saying, "Oh, who's who's Geordie? Tell me about him." I'm like, again, not a conversation I thought I'd be having with you about Djokovic's brothers because the family are front and center defending their boy, which is natural. And it, I, I just cannot believe. I, I just cannot. I just can't believe it's still going on. I can't believe that up until the eve of this tournament of the Grand Slam the, the happy slam <laughs> that it's still it's just oh it's just a mess isn't it it's just an absolute mess but do you think as a former player do you think this is in any way damaging for your sport do you think the publicity has been great for your sport because we haven't been talking about the tennis stories that we would normally have been talking about. And there have been some fantastic ones over the first couple of weeks. Or do you think, well, you know what? Yes, there's been some great stories for us who like tennis, but they're not the kind of stories that would have garnered the attention that tennis has been getting through Djokovic. Well, look, I mean, all press is good press, I suppose. The the attention and focus on, you know, our best player in in the world is, um, you know... I think is always sort of a positive. I, I think I don't really see how it's damaging. It's, look, it's not pleasant, but I don't really see how it's damaging because, you know, it's the government involved and it's not, it's not like it's, you know, whilst Tennis Australia have clearly played their part, it's not like it's entirely their fault and a stuff up and a whatever, you know, yeah, I think it damages Djokovic's reputation in a, in, a number of places in the world i think it will probably strengthen his fan base in some you know in some corners of the world as well particularly in belgrade so 
yeah, I think overall it's probably damaging for um, Djokovic. Um, I think within the world of tennis, it's damaging for Tennis Australia, for the event, uh, for Djokovic as well. But I think in terms of everybody you know, who's not really in that world of tennis, the fact that this has transcended, this is the front page news. Um, I don't, I'm not sitting here feeling like, oh, this is showing tennis in a terrible light. I don't, I don't think that because it's sort of outside of the control of tennis, you know? So I, I, yeah, I mean, of course there are lots of things that I wish had been, been done better, but I don't think there's going to be any sort of lasting damage, which is, which is a good thing, I suppose. But I don't. It's, it's not doing anything for us either. I don't think there's any positive to it. As we speak, it's now Saturday morning, isn't it? Not Friday night where I am. Do you think he will play in the Australian Open or not? As things stand at this second, what's your feeling? No, I don't. Uh, I mean, I'm no lawyer. I've got no idea whether he has a leg to stand on or not. The interesting thing is that the original one, I mean, there's no point in really talking about this because I think by the time (laughs) this comes out, uh, things will probably have been decided. But the original uh, appeal was one on, on, I mean, some would call it a technicality, but it was done because of the procedure of detaining him. No decision was made as to whether he was there on a valid exemption or not. This one seems Mm -hmm. like the decision, they're appealing the fact that the minister has decided that this is not a valid exemption, that he shouldn't be here, that... Uh, you know, he might, um, <clears throat> you know, it's not a good thing to have him in the, in the country ultimately. Um, so there's sort of a different situation. The judge hasn't looked at that part, like, hasn't actually decided whether or not he should or shouldn't be in the country. It was just that, well, you handled things badly, so we're overturning it. Like, it just wasn't done properly. Um, and it's the same judge. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I again you just sort of have to imagine that for them to cancel it a second time they must have been really 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 sure that it wasn't going to get overturned again because that would i mean can you imagine because if it gets overturned again i think it's still within his power to cancel it for a different reason and then you're getting into the australian open (laughs) so then he would be playing the australian open and he could like cancel it again i think that i think there's one more route that he could uh, look at wow uh, well I, I don't know as i say i'm not a lawyer i don't know but so i've been told um but yeah i, I can't imagine that would happen but another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to do's bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Can I just say, before I forget, although I've already forgotten, what the, that Hoover thing, the, the make of the Hoover thing, you know, the round thing, the... The Roomba. The Hoover, the Hoover's on it. Yes. Um... I'm still getting messages about it and I've started to see it places. Not as it's everywhere. It's in, but I've never seen it before. And suddenly someone's either brought it up in conversation. I'm like, that is very weird. Or a few more messages on social media, or I've, I've seen one on some advert. I mean, honestly, this thing is like everywhere now. And I had never heard or seen of them before. So, and I still can't remember the name. Now, one thing that Djokovic has, uh, stories done, especially in, 
in terms of in the UK. And I'm not talking about the British press because they are giving her time. They are understanding. But the kind of wider people that maybe came into Emma Raducanu at the US Open and then maybe didn't follow tennis all the time and now are expecting her to win everything. And we knew she would she would need time. She's on the tour for the, the very first time. She won a Grand Slam title before she won a, a WTA tour match. And she lost heavily to Rubikina, love and one, was it, in Sydney. And it was interesting just looking on social media. Again, the British tennis press, they've all been very like, come on, we've got to give it to them. What is going on here? But some of the messages, people saying, well, she's a one-hit wonder. We thought she was going to be the real deal. I mean, you've just got to... St- and, and someone said... Well, of course she's not playing well because all she's been doing is signing deals and doing photo shoots. I mean, it's so one thing the Djokovic thing has done to the wider tennis audience, especially in the UK, is almost just let her get on with things a little bit in the build up to this tournament. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? The attitude of like, you know, well, thought she was going to be the real deal and what, if, what as in sort of that she might win a slam one day. I think she might have already tick that box <laughs> like, what what does real deal mean to you no you know what i can sympathize and i can understand that people don't understand that she can go from being achieving what she achieved and those results to losing love and one to rebecca that a lot of people who are sort of casual watchers of tennis who maybe watched emma's us open final watch wimbledon whatever uh you know they wouldn't know her um, so I can understand that people would sort of um, question that. You know, like sports that I don't know much about, for example, in football, like I don't un- understand, well, I suppose I do a bit maybe, but, you know, as in, so Leicester win, <laughs> Leicester win the Premier League and it was such a remarkable run and it's just sort of accepted that, yeah, it's never going to yeah. happen again. But I'm like, but they did it. Why can't they do it again? And it's just sort of like, yeah, well, it's never no, going to happen they, again. But- do you know what I mean? No, but they yeah, won't. I, I know that. I know <laughs> but that. they won't. <laughs> I know that. They, they but, won't. But, you know, so it, it's sort of a similar thing as in, like, well, why aren't they winning the games that they were winning before? Like, whatever. I don't know. It's a different situation. But that's the answer is it's a different situation, isn't it? So it's a different time and it's about things coming together. It's about luck. It's about a feeling. It's about energy. It's about, about everything working I suppose so I, I can understand because if I didn't know anything about it I sort of would be looking at like okay she she's not not only she's not winning matches if you were watching you know she's not playing how she played at the US Open so what what is going on so I do cut people some slack but people are particularly rude about it like I can understand as I say people asking questions like I might say to you why aren't Leicester winning the Premier League this year? Or like ask questions or people can ask, why <laughs> isn't, not good why isn't Emma, um, you know, achieving? Why isn't she competing, dominating, beating other top 20 players? Um, so I can understand people asking the question, but yeah, people being rude and sort of really derogatory about it as if she's now just rubbish. And as you say, like, oh, I thought she was going to be the real deal. <laughs> Like, how many slams do you need to win to be the real deal? Because one, for me, (laughs) ticks that box thoroughly. Well, she's playing someone else who's won one in Sloane Stevens. I mean, Sloane Stevens, who has recently got married, so congratulations to her. And that's the, the reason I can't, the reason I can't predict that match or any other Sloane Stevens matches because I don't know which Sloane Stevens is going to play. Is it going to be the one that is going to blow you off? The, is it going to be so incredible in how she plays and moves? Or is it going to be the one when you're thinking, 
Oh, oh, okay. Wow, not today. I, I just, I can't. I, I can't. Where she's involved, I, I can't. When it comes to, I, I think pick. she might be the most unpredictable player. I mean, her oh, ceiling is ridiculous, I and just... her floor is <laughs> pretty low oh. as well. <laughs> it's, it's extraordinary. Um, and for Sloane, the fact that she's just got married. You know, I think I've heard a lot of people saying like, ah, oh, well, she's not going to be as sort of locked in because we've, we've had periods of time where she hasn't looked locked in um, to her matches and sort of competitive and, and really switched on. And you're sort of looking at it like, what are you doing in training? And then other times where you, you just sort of go, wow, 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 wow. You know, I still go yeah. back to the final yeah. of Toronto 2017 or 2018 against Hallett, one of my favorite matches I've ever seen in my life. Just incredible. Um it was Sloane Stevens against Hallett. Um, but uh, yeah, but then maybe getting married, she could just be really <laughs> relaxed. She's sort of feeling that honeymoon vibe, just have a swing. We know the ability that she has uh, you know, on the ball. And um, yeah, it could be interesting. I, I kind of feel like the most likely situations are either a comfortable Radicanu victory or a comfortable Stevens victory. I feel like that tight yeah, tussle, yeah. I just don't really see it because they're both you know when they lose as in like when em when emma's been winning she's been winning very comfortably and when she's been losing she's been sort of losing quite comfortably and and sloan is a bit like that as well so if, if we get to four in the third i'll be like what is going this is not on, on brand for either player <laughs> this is ridiculous <laughs> so um yeah i think look, lots of people are saying it's a tough draw for emma um of course there are some better draws in there but i think on the whole would you would you rather be playing a stevens than say a really consistent tour player that is sort of winning matches week in week out yeah because i think you've you've got that chance but there's there's a there's like a 20 percent chance that stevens just absolutely obliterates her but then yeah i'm not sure i'd like as if i was if i was a player i'm not sure i'd like to play those unpredictable ones because you because you feel it's on their racket you feel they can they can take it to a level and they can just be absolutely sensational that I, I don't know the, the unpredictable players i think i don't know you've been out there and played players i i would feel that the unpredictable ones are the particularly tricky ones to face yeah it adds a layer of nerves doesn't it just that sort of you're just not sure what's going to happen. And already, I mean, we've talked about this on the pod before, but when your level is unpredictable as well, you know, for Raducanu, we're not really sure what we're going to get from her at the Australian Open. You know, it's not been yeah, uh, full of confidence recently. She hasn't played very much. She's had COVID. There's always a chance that, you know, big stage, she clearly loves a big stage. I mean, my word, big stage, you know, big match playing against the Sloan Stevens with a big reputation. She might free herself of the expectation and come out firing and really get something going for the tournament you just don't you just don't know but I think that you know when Emma's walking on the court she's probably feeling a bit nervous because she's not sure what's going to come out at the moment uh, in terms of her level of tennis and then you're not sure what your opponent's going to do so as I say I mean <laughs> you could you could see sort of like a walloping one side or walloping the other side I mean I, I say that I'd be surprised if it was deep in the third, but I sort of wouldn't because, you know, you just feel like anything can happen. Well, anything I think once again could happen in the, in the women's draw. I, someone on social media was asking for dark horses the other day. And someone said Simona Halep. I'm like, hang on. Cannot... <laughs> How many slams do you have to because, win to be a dark horse? Because I think with Simona Halep, she's kind of hit 30, got married. Everyone's like, well, she's finished. She's going to, everyone's been saying, are you going to retire? She's like, why am I going to retire? I've just got married. I've just, you know, it's been like, right, okay, bang, you're done. And she seems to have come back with this real drive and determination. So look, 
I try and sort of go for one with the dark horses, but I'm not having Halep as a dark horse. No, but, no. Know, but <laughs> not having that. But this little top chunk of the draw, I've tried to get it. We've... The oh, women's right, draw. Are we doing look, the women's, are we? Oh, well, look at the men's. There it, we go. It, it, it's it's hard anyway. The women's draw because there's a number of names you could put in the ring, but then you look. There's this little chunk with a Sarka. Hang on, we got we've got a Sarka in there. Yastremska, who's back playing, Anisimova, who won a title recently in there. You got Benchich, and you got Georgie. And then yep. you've got a little high, you've got Barty. I mean, that, that top chunk of the draw is absolutely stacked. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, potential Osaka, Barty, fourth round. That would be there in each other's sec- section. Osaka was playing well until she had to withdraw from her tournament. But, you know, she does like withdrawing the week before a slam and then winning that slam. Do you think, could that be, not to say she doesn't have an injury, but let's just say she didn't have an injury or the injury wasn't that bad and she probably could have played. Do you think for her, it's she doesn't want to have a, a final before a Grand Slam? So if she had got into the final and then lost, do you think she that would have... Because it's happened a few times now. Do you think it's to take herself out of that sort of pressure of being in a final way, or that wouldn't apply to her? I'm just wondering why this pattern has developed now. I think it's three times, isn't it? Three or four times when she hasn't... It's developed be- for me, it's developed because it it, it works because she's won the Simple tournaments as that. afterwards. It works, yeah, and it be, yeah. for whatever reason, I think it could be a number of reasons. Uh, it could be that she has a bit of a niggle, and she's like, "I'm sorry, but the Grand Slam's more important than this." Because you know what, tennis players are always playing with niggles, and yep. there are times to push through, and there are times to not. And maybe she's just like, week before a slam, I do not push through anything, anything, the remotest twinge. I'm not having it. Yeah. Uh, it could be that she plays the matches is happy with her level and says that's enough I'm ready she feels ready so she doesn't want to play anymore and tire herself out uh, I also I do think there is something in winning a tournament the week before a slam I think it's incredibly difficult to uh, play I mean, and look normally the tournaments we're talking about with Osaka are sort of the two weeks before a slam. So there would be the week off in between. So for example, the Cincinnati before the US Open. Although one of those withdrawals in the final 2020 was actually the, it was just a few days before, a couple of days before the US Open started. So that was very, very close. Um, But I found, I find myself saying with other players, um, if they don't win this tournament, I think they'll win the Grand Slam if you know what I mean. So, for example, um, you know, working on Sydney this week, Paola Bedos has been playing phenomenally well. She is through to the final, which it will, yeah. she'll be playing uh, tomorrow evening. But I sort of... In, she's in my head, my player I'm like, of the year in the final. Craig Chikova, absolutely. But in my but head, I'm sort year, Not this year. Yeah, I feel like... <laughs> You've got more, I don't know, you've got more going for you. So Contivate lost in the semi-finals. semifinals. I feel like it's a, it's just a more ideal situation, I think, to be playing okay. very well, going into the slam, have that little bit of a breather. Um, it's more difficult coming off the title. I think it's more expectations. You have to change surface, change venue very quickly. Um, there's all those different things that, that go with it. Um, you have to start again. Every tournament you go to, you have to start again with different conditions. And I think it's harder when you've come off the back of a victory. So I do find myself thinking, 
you know, Muguruza playing well, for example, at Eastbourne, um, making the semis and being like, oh, yeah, I, I think she's she's going to be a real threat at Wimbledon unless she wins the title here. I, I know it sounds sort of counterintuitive, but I just feel like it's just such a tough thing to do to go on these runs back-to-back tournaments. It's insane. It's hard enough to win the Slam. So it, it just feels like... I mean, look, there's no right or wrong, but it, it's definitely... Um, yeah, I don't know. Like... Our Grand Slam champions on the women's side are not players that are coming in sort of undefeated. You know what I mean? Then Mm. that's very rarely happening. It happens a little more on the men's side. You know, Medvedev going on that big charge like through the US Open series or Zverev has done. They they tend to get those back-to-back victories a lot more frequently, I find, than, than with the women, especially when the slams are involved. Can I have Bedosa as a dark horse? I think she qualifies as a dark horse, doesn't she? Benchich. Wait, who did you say? Bedosa. Oh, Bedosa. <laughs> Begins <Sorry>. with a B. <laughs> Sorry. I was Begins busy coughing. Um, Bedosa, uh, well, sure, she's a dark horse. It's not like she's ever been in a Grand Slam final. Um, I think with the way that she's playing, for me, she's playing the best tennis going into Melbourne, going into Australian Open. The best tennis I've seen over the last couple of weeks. Look, I haven't seen every single match. I know Osaka played some great stuff. Craig Chikova was playing brilliantly against Contivate. Um but for me, I think Bedosa's playing the best level. Does that translate into her winning? I don't know, but she's one of the favourites for sure. Do you have an answer as to why Sabalenka can't serve anymore? Oh my, I mean, I don't... It's incredible. It, it, it's incredible. It I was mean, genuinely she, she painful to watch. Like It was really actually quite very uncomfortable. I really felt for her. But is it nerves? Is she nursing an injury? Has she tried to change the action in in, in the off season? What, if, what could it be? Because it, I mean, it's been awful. And I, I imagine when it starts, then nerves do kick in and play a part of it. But for someone who has such a good, big, powerful serve, she's been serving underarm. Yeah, it's not an injury. And those underarm serves don't seem particularly practiced, you know, because she's sitting like topspin underarm serves. She's basically just feeding the ball in and like you're just never going to win the point. You're just hitting a short ball and starting the point with that. I mean, no one wants to do that. You know, people who do the underarm serve will tend to cut on the inside, try and get the angle, try and keep it low, like a drop, more like a drop shot than uh, just rolling it onto the service line. Um, no, I don't think she's injured. Um, I think anything could have caused this really it could be just a a confidence and anxiety thing but normally it started because of the technique on it so either she was working on her serve in the off season and she's been working on the wrong things and has just lost that rhythm and momentum through the 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 shot because you can work technically on things and make changes and they might all be correct but it's sort of like if one thing goes out of line, it's such a chain reaction, the serve. There's so much sort of kinetic energy moving. It's an incredibly difficult and highly coordinated shot to pull off. Um, it's why we see so many people struggle with it over more than any other shot. Technically, it's very complex. And if one thing just sort of shifts out of alignment, too far, the knock-on effect is huge. And it can actually be really difficult to work out why. Uh, and we've seen that because it's been two of, two matches in a row. It wasn't like it was a quick fix of, oh, you know, it, you messed it up there. I think she hit, was it 19 double faults in one match and then 21 in the following match? I mean, she managed to win the 19 double faults. So, I mean, yeah, 
something something's been just sort of knocked out of alignment and it's not working it's like gears right like you know one's one's jammed and it's just it's just not going to function so she needs to work out what's happening because there's no rhythm and then you lose your confidence then you get in your own head then you get anxious then she was crying on the court then she's hitting underarm serves then she's all over the place and um yeah the pressure really mounts to to sort it out so your winner and dark horse in the women so i'm going to go asaka to win i know it's a it's a tough section of the draw she's got barty in there but she's looked so good so has barty I mean crikey barty's looked great but i'm just going to go asaka i just think when she with that power hitting and she's got a smile on her face so i'm going to go asaka and bedosa as my dark horse there you go cool well i'm going to go bedosa as my winner uh, oh okay Nice. And Who's your dark I horse? Will, Who's your dark my horse? My dark horse will be Contivate, I think. Oh, also nice. playing phenomenal tennis. Uh, Megarutha was playing really well until she had a bit of a shocker against uh, Kazakina in Sydney. But again, I sort of think that's good for her. She's better when she's going in sort of frustrated with her game. That's when she really thrives in slams. So I think she's probably more of a threat because she lost that match um i think it was four and four she lost to kasakina who's playing much better which is really brilliant to see she's sort of getting back to her best whether she'll get be able to get back to the top 10 i'm not sure uh she's not a threat for the tournament i don't think um so yeah just watch out magrutha but yeah i think bedos is going to win it and uh i think contavite is going to have a great chance before we get to the the men's draw a couple of stories one that you drew my attention to because I think it came out while I was flying and the other one I actually read while I was waiting immigration both involving tennis parents I was reading the Bernard Tomic and we know that John Tomic we'd heard a lot that his father really ruled with an iron rod and was very strict and it hadn't been that great an upbringing and Bernard Tomic who lost in qualifying there was tested positive for covid has done an interview with an australian newspaper talking about how difficult it was with his father and how it probably ruined his chances of fulfilling his potential etc then you drew my attention to an absolute heartbreaker involving juan martin del potro yeah well i mean we're just starting to get sort of the information on that coming out now his financial situation um and uh yeah sort of waiting for proper confirmations on it but yeah really heartbreaking if it's true that ultimately he's pretty broke um thanks to some of the actions of his, his dad. dad um so someone i think I've, i've read a bit of it that said he's made over something like 30 million dollars and i mean we say only with a he's only got three million in the bank but compared to what he should have had and in this article they were saying you know he hoped to sort of retire and take care of himself and his family for the rest of his life for what he did have, the fact that he doesn't... I mean, it might explain, together with his love of tennis, while he keeps putting his body through these comebacks. Well, it's a combination, isn't it? Because not only does he only have the small fraction of what he's earned, because it's been spent by his father, um, uh, who, who's, who has since died, um, it, the, it seems that his dad was uh, racking up massive debts. So you know that money isn't really just sort of in the bank because not only does he not have a big chunk of his fortune, he's got a lot of debts to sort out now. Um, so it seems like a very stressful and upsetting situation for um, Del Potro. Uh, yeah, so hopefully he can get back out on tour and earn some money. And because you never know, he could he could win a slam. Oh, it's so sad when you 
You hear those stories. And then it was an interesting interview that Bernard Tomic, I mean, a lot of it we've heard before, but they had some good quotes from from Pat Rafter in there about his sort of on-off relationship with, with Tomic. I mean, look, whether Will Tomic's made so many comebacks now, we'll have to wait and see. But um, neither of those guys are part of the Australian Open draw. So in terms of your, your winner and your... I don't know, can we have three names? Because Djokovic might or might not be playing. <laughs> well, we because you're going to pick Djokovic. Are you going to pick Djokovic? Yeah, I'll come on. If anyone can come through all this and then go and do it, of course he can. I wouldn't say it'd be his greatest ever achievement, but of course he can. So, um, so can I have three if I'm picking Djokovic? Yes, go on then. Go on then. So, <laughs> go on. so my, my three, my three. Oh no, actually one's got to be a dark horse, hasn't it? Okay, yep. so... Djokovic to win if he's not in it I thought about Nadal but I th- oh actually Medvedev hasn't played that well at the start of the year um, I'll go Nadal you know I'm going to go Nadal if Djokovic isn't in or maybe if Djokovic is in it'll still be Nadal and my dark horse uh, I'm not sure about actually so let's tell me who's going to win for you and I'll think about my dark horse I've got to find a dark horse in the meantime so I think that Medvedev is going to win. Ooh, it's very yeah. difficult. I just don't. I don't see Djokovic winning. I, I think that somebody. Well, I don't see him playing it. To be fair. Well, exactly. <laughs> I mean, but if he were to play, I think that you know he's got like a Berrettini in that section, and I think it would be a real opportunity for for somebody. So I, I think. I, I mean, I'm sort of torn between Medvedev and Zverev. I know Nadal's won. A tournament coming in. I'm just not convinced that he's ready for for what's needed to to win the tournament. I'm sure that he will thoroughly shut me up with the way that he plays. Uh, so I'm I'll, <laughs> I will go. I'll land on Medvedev. Um, yeah, as I say, I was sort of I'm, I'm undecided between Medvedev and Zverev, but I'll, I'll tip it to Medvedev. Uh, and I think my dark horse. How many Grand Slams are you allowed to have as a dark horse? I know who you're going to say because I think I'm going to say the same person. <laughs> he's Andy Murray. Andy Murray, exactly. Come on, he's in the final of Sydney. He's drawn against Basil Ashvili, who he's already beaten. His seed, his tough seed, would be Sinner. Um, yeah, because then it's who you imagine Sinner's just going to look there and look on court and be like, "Oh my God, it's Andy Murray," and then not be able to play. I'm obviously joking. I mean, I'm that sure chunk, fine. that chunk is yep. nice. Basil Ashvili, Murray, Tara Daniel, Barry Osvera, Johnson, Thompson. Isn't that Johnson Thompson? Two separate people. Uh, lucky loser <laughs> in Shell Sosa, and then as you said, Yannick Sinner. I mean, that, that's a nice that's a nice chunk of the draw to be in. Yeah, I think uh, Murray can come through that. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's just how am I saying this? How on earth am I saying this after what we saw a few years ago uh, from Murray? I just thought there was no chance, no prospect of this whatsoever. Unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, he's my dark horse. No, you're 100%. You can have a wild card as a dark horse. 100%. Yeah, he may have won a Absolutely. few grand slams, but yeah, he's but a wild card. Not with, not with these hips or with one of the hips he did. Not with the ah, other okay, hips. Okay, so, so part of him has not won a grand slam. So there we go. Exactly. Okay. There is right. part of him yeah. that was not present when he won his grand slams. Yeah, there right? we go. There you go. Okay, fine. So yeah. it's sold. A, bod- a bodily part. So, okay, so we both got Murray. <laughs> You've gone, you've gone bottom half of the draw for your winner. I've gone top half. 
Women, you've gone Bedosa, I've gone Bedosa, Dark Horse Osaka to win it, and your Dark Horse is Contevin. I think there's some quite good predictions. Look, you know what? I'm looking forward <laughs> yeah, you to... you say that. Wait wait until in seven days' time, because <laughs> this is what normally happens to my predictions. When all our predictions are out, Djokovic is still going strong, or, or the, the immigration minister is still trying to deport him. <laughs> He's still appealing. Oh, we're, like, we're like, people, we have to have a cutoff, because this is ridiculous. <laughs> we just... Ah... But I'm uh, no, I'm I'm really excited and lucky to be back in Melbourne because I know there's still a lot of Australians who haven't been able to come home, and haven't been home. So I'm really. Um, I was looking out the taxi window trying to sort of oh, what do I remember? And I was thinking, well, it's pitch black, so nothing. Um, I've got a couple of COVID tests to do tomorrow morning. I took a lateral flow when I got to my hotel room. I've got a couple to take tomorrow morning before I can go on site. Um, yeah. Then I'll be allowed in and. Uh, yeah, sort of um, looking forward to it. Just it was it was tough leaving leaving the family because it is a long way to come, Australia, isn't it? So yeah. when when you're sitting on the plane for twenty hours, you think, oh, it's a long yeah, way. Yeah, but come. the sunshine waiting for you and the chaos. You were supposed to have a lovely weekend over there, getting used to the time difference. Maybe pop along, oh, check out the go commentary for a box, run, breakfast, exactly. look at the commentary have box, a nice hello time. To people. You're going to be on air oh. all day tomorrow and Sunday. You're going to be full on with this absolute chaos. Yeah, you know, I am outside. Djokovic is immigration yeah. hotel and i'm standing here and the serbian people are here and yeah, like, the, like person. the nigel farage update <laughs> that was oh, amazing i'm, sorry, I'm but... so sorry for our international listeners who don't know who nigel farage is you're, <laughs> but... you're lucky you don't know who nigel farage is i know and i i don't really know how to describe him as a politician but he never got elected for anything so he's not a politician he's sort of a politics. have a look Search Andy Murray's recent tweet yeah. and you'll see a little a little when he sort of hooked in Nigel Farage on Twitter. So have a look. But I, I I'm so fascinated. Suddenly... I'm fascinated to know how this has come about. I don't how, how does he suddenly turn up at like the Djokovic Museum looking at trophies with his mum and dad? I mean how how does how does that even happen? That was one of you know those weird things you think, did that how does that Okay, so that's Oh happened. and, and then it's and... Oh, sorry, sorry, and can we say? Sorry, I'm I'm jumping around all over the place here. But, no, but can we also go. say yes. that there's been reports? It's just it's such a busy week. Um, it was reported in the Daily Mail that uh, that Netflix are doing a documentary on the 2022 season, like the Drive to Survive Formula One. It's the same people who made that, and not only that, because it, you know doing the Formula One one is is different because Formula One run the whole thing. And that's it. They're the only company you need to deal with. But in tennis, of course, we've got lots of different governing bodies. Uh, but they got on board the ATP, the WTA, the ITF and all four Grand Slams uh, to say, yep, wow. absolutely, you can have the access. They are filming the whole year to do this documentary. And uh, yeah, they had access to an awful lot of what's been going on with Novak Djokovic. So they must be like, oh, wow, it's word. not we're not even at the first slam of the year. And they've arguably had <laughs> the biggest story that there's been for some time unbelievable so you know what the first episode is going to be focusing on well this is well i've got to get my head around all this because i've just had 12 hours watching season five of billions so i'm ready to stage a takeover buy some shares and well join the jokovic camp then (laughs) that's exactly what they need they're like excellent and and 
and, and fly around on helicopters and private jets. So I've been in a very unreal world for the last 12 hours or so, but no, I'm back in it now. Djokovic, as we speak, is currently here in his own hotel or apartment for tonight. The tennis is going to start. Andy Murray will face Aslan Karatsev in the final, who beat Dan Evans. That would have been the first all-British men's final in the open era. But we wow. don't get it, because that went the distance. And, and Karatsev, I mean, credit to Karatsev. I mean, he's just kept going. Yeah. He is not a one-hit wonder. No, he hasn't won a slam. But that fella, the wheels never came off. No, it's never, a, the cards got bigger, the wheels never came off. That is true. Him and uh, Krejcikova sort of very similarly won. Yeah. Well, she won a slam. He obviously reached the semis. But achieved what they achieved. And everyone around was just like, this is amazing. What a run. And they were both just sort of looking at everyone being like, yeah. What? I mean, are you surprised? I'm not surprised. I thought this was going to happen. You know what I mean? They, they just sort of had the attitude of like, yeah, sure. I just, And then they just keep going. Like, yeah, sure. I just keep going. Like, Krejcikova is like, yeah. yeah, I'm a top 10 player now pretty comfortably like now well, just just busted out week in week out Karatsev <laughs> is like yeah I just won Dubai and whatever you know just keep going just keep going so you're going to be on weird hours now aren't you mm. are you upside down you're upside oh, well, down just, hours just now got the, um, just got the final tomorrow of Sydney to do before Australia starts yep. but Australia okay. um, I'm be doing it for a European broadcast and we're doing it from from London so uh, yeah play will start at, at midnight okay and uh, I'll be well, on normal hours for me. Well, I don't know. With this Djokovic yeah. thing, I don't know. Might be standing. Yeah, I know they might release of... something in the middle of the night over there. You just you can't can't I predict might, it. I might be standing outside a hotel for the next three days, saying <laughs> he's in there. He has not looked out his window yet. Now I'm at the airport. Oh, oh but we'll we'll look, we'll keep everyone posted. It, it's so nice to be out. I'll catch up with a few people I haven't seen for a while. Find out some bits and pieces. So um, look, next time we speak on the pod. He will either have been there or not. At least we'll have a conclusion. I can't believe it's taken this long, but next time we do the pod, we'll have a conclusion. There will be a conclusion. Will we, though? There has to will be. We there, there, there. <laughs> I think we said that last time. There has to be. There, I, I, I don't even think there's another chance. There has to be. This is it. But no, I, I'm, I'm going to go to bed now because my computer's showing me the UK time. So I thought it was one o'clock in the morning, but it's... What is it? It's midnight or something like that. So, oh, I've got to go to sleep. Yeah. Right it's, it's, it's necessary. <laughs> yeah, definitely do that. And I'll stop to see about those hoovers again. I will do. I'll speak to you soon. <laughs> Bye. Bye.